Welcome in to the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Ben alongside my sister Paige. And today is a very, very sad episode. We are in mourning. We recap. Zach's- I'm very down. Oh. We recap NFL Week 11, the biggest takeaways, stories, and the sad, sad things that transpired. That's next here on the His and Hers podcast. Well, Paige, there's a point today, um, and uh, it was actually pretty likely that the Lions were going to lose, and the Vikings' hopes of winning were still very much there, that I thought maybe for a moment we would hide with the Lions in win. Obviously, they've had their bye, so we have one more loss than they do, but then they would turn around quickly, play the Packers on Thanksgiving. Packers beat the Lions all the time. I just thought I was starting to think things. I was starting to feel things. I was starting to envision things. Here we are, not even 12 hours later, probably closer to eight. And both those things did not happen. The Lions with a remarkable comeback, the Vikings with a horrific loss on Sunday Night Football to the Broncos. And now I am sad boy. Sad boy hours are upon me now. Sad boy hours. Um, yeah, Zach, Zach, I just, I was taking that all in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to be, I obviously sad about the loss, but I mean, we lost to an AFC opponent. I'm not that. We've had five straight wins. The chances of getting a six weren't incredibly high in terms of NFL. So it's all going to be okay. The, the Lions are still within reach. So Zach, hope is not lost. We're not one in four anymore. So don't give up all your hope. Yeah, I, I think it is funny, though, how quickly, you know, the NFL is unlike, you know, like basketball, baseball, all these other sports you play so often that you don't really have time. Like, yeah, in, in basketball, if you lose a couple in a row, there's enough days in between people can start making assumptions. But football is so unique that since you only play every week, you, the tendency of the media is to get too high on teams and then to get way too low on them. Yeah. And just to, for example, I have this notification from Bleach Report that says, are the Vikings overrated? Weak play calling, turnover issues, and late defense collapse, stymied Vikings. Well, I mean, if the Vikings don't turn the ball over three times in that game, they... Yeah. So... Right. And I just, I kind of find it funny because I'm like, well, who's rating them? I think everyone (laughs) kind of knows that this season... It's been up and down. It's been up and down, you know, the Super Bowl, probably not in the cards when you got a guy who's been on his fifth team, but it's a fun story. I just, it just makes me laugh that yeah. before the game, all this hype, and all of a sudden, just a few hours later, he's like, are they actually terrible? Actually, well, do they one point, suck? We've lost by one point on the road in a game that they lost a turnover, turnover battle three to nothing to an AFC opponent. Like you said. So there are worse things, and they have a great opportunity to pick up a win at home against the Bears on Monday night uh, and head into their bye at 7-5. and five. And like you said, after starting 1-4, and four, I mean, I don't care where you put that loss. Any Viking fan would have signed up for 7-5 and five going into the bye where they get into the home stretch. Of the so, um, you know, and, and you're talking about a team that doesn't have their best player. I mean, does not have their best player in Justin yeah. Jefferson. 
And so to even get out of the stretch where they're at is remarkable. And so whether he plays Monday night or not, you know you're going to have Justin Jefferson for the, the home push of this and whatever that means for the franchise moving forward. And so I always get sad. I'm always emotionally vested in every game. It's a very disappointing when we don't go 19-0 and 0 every single season. I for get real. sad. It's when we don't win the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. You think I'd be conditioned to it by now. But I think ultimately that game is frustrating because you're up eight. You have the ball in their territory. Uh, at worst, you could go up 11, but I believe it was first and goal or first and like 10. At, but, you know, you could extend that to a three-possession game and, and they couldn't get it done. So that that was where the disappointment really comes from. You fumble on your opening possession. You fumble when you're going into – extend your lead and then you throw a pick on the very next play to give them six free points. Not to mention the two times the Vikings had an opportunity to turn over right before half Madison drops the interception. And then Ivan Pace rips it on the final drive. And it was a half yard out of bounds. Like that's the difference in the football game. And that's, what's remarkable about it overall. Um, and so in a vacuum, it doesn't really mean much, but it definitely is sad. So, Yeah. I think, too, it's just one of those things where it's difficult. I think one of my biggest frustrations is um, with Alexander Madison because it's like tonight he had a really, really good game, but then he, it's like every time I feel like he's having a good game where he's pushing the ball down the field, he inevitably turns it over at some point. Mm-hmm. And they're always the wildest turnovers that I'm like, dude, how are you dropping this ball? Like, how, like your first instinct as a running back should be protect the ball at all costs. And it's just wild to me how often he's letting that fly around. I think the craziest set of the night, though, is that the Vikings even losing that game still have an 80% chance of making the postseason, whereas the Broncos winning that game only puts them at a 28% of making the postseason. So clearly a difference in NFC and AFC competition going on right now. But um, yeah, disappointing loss. Hate losing on Sunday Night Football. Wanted the Josh Jobs magic to continue, but uh, they'll, they'll clean it up next week against the Bears and we'll be back in it. And I'll tell you what, the hate or the, the tw- I guess not the hate, but the turn that's going to happen on Josh Dobbs this week from what it was the past couple of weeks is going to be, you know, talk about the media overreaction. It's going to be, it's going to be incredible. There's going to be the a lot of slander and uh, a lot of bad talking. So uh, let's do our quick takeaways um, from Sunday slate. Uh, there's some good football games. A lot of them did come down to the wire. The late afternoon slate was pretty dull. Um, got into helping Shelby set up some Christmas stuff. That's how we spent, you know, with the, with it in the background. But just not a great afternoon of football. Just not a great day of football. I'm sad as I've Paige. What was your biggest takeaway? Number one from this Sunday. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that Brock Purdy is really good. Oh. Um. Last week against Jacksonville, I mean, obviously in their three-game losing streak, there was some questions around Josh uh, Brock Purdy's ability to like do well under pressure, um, especially within the pocket. Um, but his passer rating last week against Jacksonville was 148, and then he outdid himself today with a perfect 158.3 rating in Tampa Bay. Um, he completed, out of his 25 pass attempts, he completed 21 of those. And it was just, he was very, very efficient. And so I think that um, Brock Purdy is really just amping up to have a great postseason run for this 49ers team. 
Yeah. Uh, he's the first quarterback since uh, I believe it was 1989 for the Niners to have a perfect pass rating uh, done by Joe Montana and Steve Young in the same season. But uh, obviously they bounce back in a tremendous way. Um, they have their defining three game stretch here over the next three weeks. Um, they play on Thanksgiving night, uh, NBC. They play in Seattle. Uh, that game loses a little bit of steam uh, with Seattle losing on a last-second kick that they missed uh, to beat the Rams on the road. Uh, so, But then, they, then the Niners go to Philadelphia and they're home against the Seahawks. So they can really wrap up that division. What's the date of that game? They play December 10th. So they could – I don't know how the math would work out, but I'm pretty sure if they go 2-0 against the Seattle Seahawks, that would win them the division, I would imagine. I'm not a math guy, but would imagine. Not a math guy. Here to hear first. My biggest takeaway, number one, is that Brandon Staley should not have been let, let back on the plane to Los Angeles. Retweet. Uh, the Chargers season is over, and I think there's a few people to blame, but I don't think there's anyone bigger than Mr. Brandon Staley himself. The defense, where they've spent a bulk of their money, has been bad. Uh, for and and spent a lot of their money, and that's his specialty. Is when he calls the plays. You know, never forget the twenty-four nothing collapse they had in the playoffs. It was obviously carried in this year. Uh, um, I think Joey, Bo- yeah, Joey Bosa went off the field with a foot injury and was crying. I don't think yeah, that was sad. Any, I don't think I. You don't see that very often. He no, was he was embarrassed, he was, putting his towel over his face. He was. I have a sneeze coming in. <laughs> Thank you for Whoa. that announcement. I just wanted the people to know I don't have a stutter. <laughs> I, I had a sneeze, sneeze, a sneeze coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and they have some individuals playing well. I mean, Khalil Mack has had a really, really good year, a couple sacks, forcing a fumble in this game. But overall, um, I would put a bulk of the blame on Brandon Staley. Now, Justin Herbert played really well. There's a lot of weird drops in this game. Um, even uh uh like you know, I, the one that everyone's talking about is their rookie, Quentin Johnson, had that one terrible one down the sideline. But even Keenan Allen had one over the middle that was a touchdown, hit him in the chest, and he dropped it. So overall, the team is missing those plays. And Herbert has had the ball late in the game, like three or four of these games to go win it, and has done it once. And so, you know, it's always hard to stick that on the quarterback because that is a really tough situation just to say, hey, go win us the game. But you would hope that the guy you paid all this money to that you're you're talking about as the guy would at least go get half of those, you know, would go get one or two of those to turn your season around. And and it hasn't been that case. So, but again, I'm gonna still put most of the, the blame on Staley. We've seen this pattern over three years now. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's gonna work with him. So get someone else in, offensive guy, and max out Herbert's capacity. Yeah, I I'm honestly shocked Brandon Staley's still there after this, but I feel like other te- I feel like other teams have fired head coaches for much less, and I feel like Brandon Staley has continuously put his foot in his mouth this season. So it's like, just get him out of the building. Actually, what's your second takeaway? Um, can we just take a moment to talk about the Lions comeback? That was absolutely oh. insane. Down by 12 points with 4:15 left in the fourth. Sloppy game sloppy game for Jared Goff. He threw three interceptions um, and they just could not run the ball. And then all of a sudden 
they were able to come back and beat the Bears. Um, Justin Fields had a pretty great Justin Fields looked good today. Like yeah, after true. four missed games, Justin Fields looked really good. Obviously led the team um down. They were up and then some weird Lions magic that I didn't know existed in Detroit. But it's there. They're legit. Yeah, I, I think really if they there's only a couple teams that they could have played that would have them down um 26-14. In the fourth quarter with four minutes and 12 seconds left in the game and beat. And they happen to play one of those. I think the Panthers probably give that game away potentially, but Bears definitely. And if you're and if you're a Bears fan, think of this. I think obviously you're not making a playoff push with this team. Um, you would like to see your young quarterback continue to get more wins, but pretty overall good way for the game to break where like you said Justin Fields played well even that last throw that he pushed down the field on that third and six if the wide receiver doesn't stop running for that split second he runs underneath the ball like it was a really well thrown football in that situation and you know you have to credit for him being confident enough to make that throw had a couple really good touchdowns as well and so um yeah I think I think they're exposed some things in the lines that you know like myself and you, if you're a Vikings fan, you can see, you know, recipe for Brian Flores to fluster Goff in making those decisions. Um, you know, throwing three interceptions in that game is first time since 2019. Uh, but overall, the line showing that, you know, they kind of have the the luck of the Irish on their side this year, just kind of sneaking out a couple wins the last couple weeks against the Chargers and now at home against the Bears. They play Thanksgiving against the Packers. Who do you got in that game, Paige? Lions and they own Thanksgiving, right? They usually lose, but this year it's going to be flipped. It will be. That'd be the one time I cheer for the Packers, but the Packers with winning them winning today. Now they're four and six and I hate Packers fans. Cause now they're like, Oh, we're right there. We're right there. We shut up. So uh, my second takeaway is just going to be the Raiders. I know they lost. They lost 2013 to the dolphins, but, but. Again, they were in Miami. And I was going to think that this was going to be a blowout. Uh, usually at home, the Miami, they've run away with a lot of games. But the Raiders' defense forced three take- takeaways. Um, and uh, they also stopped the Dolphins on fourth down. And uh, they gave up 422 yards, but it was that bend, don't break, forcing them into mistakes. You know, they didn't allow Tyreek Hill to go over the top. He had that one big play, but that's just because he's a freak and he's faster than every human on that football field. And that was wild. Yeah, and Tony Pierce has them playing really well. You saw a couple nice things from Aiden O'Connell, but their offensive line's pretty bad. He was getting hit a lot. And so I think you saw enough to be encouraged, and you just hope that as it goes on, he just continues to build upon the play. Um, but, yeah, I'm impressed with the Raiders, impressed with the Tony Pierce and what he's been able to do. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot you can take away from that loss if you're a Raiders fan. Same. That was that was a fun game. The Raiders have been the Raiders have been frisky the past three weeks. Frisky. Um, I think another big takeaway for me was that we were, we talked about uh, earlier this week about how we really thought that this would be a bounce back game for the Jaguars, and boy, was it! Trevor Lawrence Ooh. came Ooh. back with a vengeance, and he was ready to just hit the ground running. And so they come out, they beat Tennessee thirty four fourteen. But I this is 
as a ja- as as a Jaguars fan, this is like what you want to see in your quarterback when their ability when they come out from some embarrassing loss um, to be able to kind of flip this flip the switch and kind of give that momentum and that power back to your team is exactly what you need. And so I think Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence are going to figure it out and they're going to be a team to be reckoned with over the next couple seasons. Yeah. Um, like the divisional team, they usually you know, play those games really close, but like you said, they kind of put the hammer down. And I think for the Jaguars, seeing stuff out of Calvin Ridley was probably the thing you'd be most excited about. He had that big week one where they went in Indianapolis and won, but he's been kind of up and down throughout the, the entirety of the year. But yeah. this was a big game Two for him. Two tutties today. Yeah, big game for him, big game for the Jaguars. Um, my third and final one, oh, I had it written down. Oh, it's going to be the Houston Texans. Um, this what was a game, game that, was. that was a crazy game. It felt like Arizona had 900 chances at the end of that game to win it. Um, but I feel like as a rookie quarterback, it's good to go through this type of thing, you know, in your first season. Obviously, they're sitting in great position. Uh, they're tracking, uh, you know, winning the game that they needed to at home against a, an inferior opponent. And C.J. Stroud didn't play his best game through three interceptions. Had an amazing touchdown pass. Um, I, I believe it was to Tank Dell, Tank Dell but. He had only had two interceptions all season and had been playing really flawlessly in that regard and then threw three today, but he still was just confident. And I think that's important that when you, when, when you make a mistake, you don't kind of turtle up and, and be afraid. You know, reflecting on the Vikings game and what Josh Jobs did, that's kind of what it felt after the interception. He wasn't trying to push the ball down the field, kind of looked like he was overthinking some of the, de- the decisions that he was making. So you don't want to see that. Obviously, you don't want him to throw three interceptions every week, but it's good to see, hey, I make a mistake. I'm still going to trust what I'm seeing, trust my eyes, trust my my teammates to make a play. Um, and I just think their head coach is awesome. Obviously, he had that 49er defense the last couple of years playing really, really well. And uh, you can just tell he's really respected. Guys like playing for him. He's young, connects with the dudes. Uh, and he's got that Arizona, I mean, that Houston team right in the thick of the playoff race. Um, going into, you know, getting close to December, which is hard to fathom with how bad they were last year. You know, Houston's the team I'm rooting for, aside from the Vikings. I like that yeah. storyline this year. It's a pretty solid one, for sure. Do we talk about how Zach Wilson got benched? Well, you're a BYU alum, so probably hits harder home to you, I'd imagine. Yeah. I, I don't like Zach Wilson. I don't, I don't think he should have been starting any games this season, but what's she going to do? Is it sad boy hours down at BYU for all the Zach Wilson fans? Probably. You don't know. No. You don't you don't check the pulse of your of your your institution? No. Oh. Not three not four hours after the end of the game. Oh, well, you might need to get your feelers out there. Yeah. Uh Giants beat the commanders. Oh, D- Danny DeVito. That was crazy. I saw <laughs> an insane stat. Uh, this was the second game that he started. And uh, he has now back-to-back weeks of multi-touchdown games. Okay. Kenny Pickett, who's been starting last year, all of this season, has only had one. That's shocking. And they almost did it. I guess that'd be the last, you know, the last thing I'd want to touch on. is The Steelers almost did it again, but 
they couldn't quite get it done against uh, a division rival, which is, you know, that division is hilarious in my opinion. But they lose 13 to 10. You know, the Browns, big win for them, you know, with the Deshaun Watson news. Go down the list. They have offensive linemen that are out. They have Nick Chubb all the way back in week two. And for them to be in this position is, you know, I think a testament to obviously that defense um, and what they're doing with Jim Schwartz and company. But, you know, you got to give, you know, some credit uh, to their head coach. So um, overall, I think the team can make the playoffs. I think they will. I don't think they're going to re- win the division now with, with Deshaun Watson. I think the Ravens will end up running away with it. But they're kind of a fun team to watch. I hate watching the Steelers. Like, they're the worst. Yeah. I think I think the Browns' defense will carry them into the playoffs, but I think that without a stellar offense, they're going to lose in the first round. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, they, they'll probably be like the sixth seed. And who's tracking to be like the third seed in the AFC? It's a bloodbath over in the AFC. Probably like the Jaguars, right? I have to look. Hey. But, oh uh, yeah, Jaguars are tracking for third. Okay, it's a bloodbath in the AFC. But yeah, I mean, then they go into Jacksonville, and then probably maybe win that game like ten to nine. Possible, I guess. Possible. Any other takeaways for you, Paige, for NFL Week Eleven? No, let's get to Thanksgiving Day. Love Thanksgiving football. Thanksgiving football. We have three. Um, there's three Thanksgiving days. You have the Lions at home against the Packers. And then we're not going to be able to get our episode done in time. So let's do our predictions on that one page. Packers, Lions, who do you got? I'm taking the Lions. Lions at home. I'm going to go with the Packers. Oh. Go with the Pack. Cheesehead. Put it on me. I'm just kidding. I can't do that. It's going to be the Lions. I want them <laughs> to actually want them to win now that now that we're kind of separated because now we just have to win the two games to get to that tiebreaker. Um, okay, then Dallas is hosting Washington. I'm taking the boys. Yeah, me too. And then lastly, the Niners travel travel to Seattle. I think it's going to be the Niners. And then in case we can't talk about it in time, I'm going Niners and Cowboys as well. Black Friday game. You have the lovely Jets, Jets playing Jets, the Miami Jets. Dolphins. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins are going to win that one. Yeah. When's the last time the Jets scored a touchdown? They scored one today. Zach oh, Wilson yeah, they did, huh? one to, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was after Thomas Morstead completed the longest pass of the day on a fake punt. Yeah, that was nice. So, um, yeah, those four games, not really like uh, – Coming Nothing to write you. home about. Yeah, not really coming at you. With, I mean, like, interdivisional with the 49ers Seahawks. Should be a good game. But yeah. I don't know. I always feel like the Dallas game should always be a little bit better of a team. Them picking the commanders in that spot's kind of weird. Because like that's the one that most people watch, right? That's like the one that's the one that's on. Because like you're in the morning, you're you're, com- you're you're competing with a parade and getting prepped. In the evening, everyone's in a food coma. That 230 slot the prime spot. Yeah. So it's just kind of like that's but it could be good. Who knows? Well, sweet page. Well, uh, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review on this podcast. Share it with your family and friends. 
Bye. Stop.